0: So we are in a series uh, that we started a couple of weeks ago that is called Reach. Can you say with me, reach? Come on, reach, all right? And uh, we're talking about in the series about those things and that thing that is the dearest to the heart of God. And when we talk about what is dearest to the heart of God, it's those people that still don't know Him in an intimate, close relationship. You see... God created us for an intimate relationship with Him. But because of sin, that relationship was broken. But God still loves His creation. God still loves people. Jesus did not come to die for a building. Jesus did not come to die for seeds. Jesus did not die, you know, for a screen. Jesus died for people to restore that relationship with God. You know, just uh, a few years ago, my wife and I and our family... Uh, we went uh, to the beach in Fort Lauderdale for 4th of July. And uh, if you've ever been in the Las Olas area on 4th of July, man, it is crazy. There's people everywhere. Just to find parking alone is going to take you some time. And I remember that, uh, you know, we got everybody down and we're looking, you know, I'm looking for parking with a couple of the guys. There's like about three cars. And uh, While they got down and they were looking for a spot in the midst of all the people that were there, my, at that time, five-year-old daughter, Bella, got lost in the midst of all the people. She just got lost. She thought that the family went in one direction and she went in another direction. And I don't know if you've ever lost a child... Uh, it's happened to us a couple of times. We're not in the business of losing children, all right? But, uh, you know, we do lose, you know, and they're all over the place sometimes. When when you lose a child, it could be seconds, but those seconds seem like eternity. And for, for that moment, you feel helpless. For that moment, you feel desperate. In that moment, you know, you have a hundred thoughts crossing your mind. Are they okay? Did somebody snatch him? What happened to them? And you have all these horrible feelings coming inside. And after a while, it must have been maybe like about, you know, seven, ten minutes, finally we found Bella. And she was coming from another direction that we hadn't even gone in that direction. She's walking, just crying and weeping because she was afraid because she had gotten lost. You see, something very amazing happens when, when you lose somebody that is dear to you. You see, we have four children. And when we lost Bella, we weren't thinking about the other three. We knew where the other three were. The other three were right there with us. Our mind was constantly on the one that we couldn't find. You see, the kingdom of heaven operates in the same way. You see, there's a scripture in the Bible in Luke chapter 15 verse 7. It says, In the same way there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over ninety-nine others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. You see, the heart of the Father's after those that are still what He considers to be lost. Jesus said, I did not come for the healthy, I came for the sick, I came for the ones that are lost. And here at Numa Church, okay, we want to reach the unreached, okay, we want to reach those that have been maybe disappointed by religion, you know. And and Jesus asked us to be fishers of men. That was last week's message that, that we spoke. Jesus asked us to be fishers of men, okay, not to be swapping people from other aquariums, you know what I'm saying? A lot of times we're just swapping from one place to another, to another, when Miami is the second most unreached city in the whole United States. The stats say that 96% of the people in Miami do not attend a church on Sunday morning. That's right, 96%. If we look around us, there's a lot of empty chairs this morning. And the Father has faces and names of people that he wants to sit in each of those seats that are there. And he wants to use you and me to reach those people. Because you see, there's another amazing stat that 90% of the people in the United States that have come to Jesus, they've done it in a church service, 90%. And it usually comes from a person that is living out their faith during the week. Somebody that is excited because of what God is doing in their life. And they'll speak to somebody. They'll share their faith with somebody. They'll invite somebody to come on the weekend. Some of you guys are here like that this morning. You were invited by someone that is excited because of what God is doing in their life. Now, the reality is, church, that there's another reality Okay, that is at work. We could invite people. We could talk to people. But there's also this spiritual reality. There's a spiritual truth. There's a spiritual world, okay, that is going on, you know, around us that we don't see with these physical eyes, but it's very real. Actually, it's more real than the physical one. Because the Bible says that what we see with our eyes was created from the unseen material of the spiritual world. That's crazy. And there's so many people that are dealing with so many things in their lives. You might be like that this morning in this place. That you're going through so many issues, so many situations that you hear somebody come and invite you and come to church and God has a plan for you and He wants to do this and He wants to do that. But the reality is that sometimes we are in a place that even to receive the help that we need is difficult. See, my wife was sharing the story in the Numa last time that we met here last uh, fourth Wednesday. And she was sharing about this lady that we saw as we were driving by Coral Way on a Sunday. And we're driving around on Coral Way and we see this lady. All of a sudden we're in a red light and this lady across the street, just walking around with raggedy, filthy clothes, goes into the garbage can. And she pulls out a cup from the garbage can and she just starts drinking what was inside that cup. My kids saw it. I saw it. Our heart was broken. So we said, we have to do something for this lady. We got to get her food. We got to get her help. So we kept on driving, got into a Burger King, went into the drive-thru. We ordered a number one, and we drove back to where we saw the lady. We couldn't find the lady. And I'm a little persistent when it comes to those things. I'm like, we're going to drive around. That lady ain't faster than this car, so we're just going to drive till we find her. And we started driving until we finally saw her, that she came out of, a, a, you know, on the sidewalk. You know, she was coming around. And my daughter and I, we get down with the bag and we're like, honey, how are you? We got some food. And this lady's just staring into nothing. Just a blank stare on her face. Her clothes was all broken. Smelled like she had just come out of a garbage dump. Her hair was tied up in knots. Her eyes... We're not even looking at you. And I'm talking. I'm like, look, we got food. And she just kept looking forward. Just passed us on by. And I'm like, I'm going to leave this here on the bus bench if you want. She just kept going. And I drove around. I'm like, I don't think she's going to get that food from that bus bench. And we drove around. And when we drive around, the food is still there. She was already like two blocks away. I'm like, man, we're going to get down, get that food, beat her like another block and then just come up down the street like if we were coming to give her the food. So we do that, you know, and I tell my wife, maybe she feels a little intimidated because I'm a guy. So maybe you're a girl, you know, and you could help her out. So my wife gets down and she's talking. And the same situation happens. It's a stare. Talking to herself. You see, we can find people in this world that are so broken and their hearts in so much pain that you could offer them the best help, you could offer them the best meal, and they are even unable to take it. And they might want it inside, but they don't even know how to go about it. And it broke my heart that day. We followed that girl to what it must have been at least an hour or something. We kept on trying to do different things to be able to, you know, interact with her, have a word. She was gone. At the end of the day, we had to give that food to another homeless person that, you know, was, you know, blocked down from where we were. I'm like, I'm not going to take this Burger King home, you know, I need to find somebody to give this to. And I found some guy named Alvin, you know, and... Alvin, I mean, Alvin was funny, man. He was by the, you know, by, by the UM station, you know, of the, uh, the metro rail. And I'm like, you hungry? And he goes, you better believe it. He just goes like that. I'm like, I got some food here. He goes, bring it on over. That guy, he was not going to fight for that bag. You know, it's like, bring it over. And like, Alvin, can I pray, can I pray with you? He goes, I've never rejected prayer from no one, pastor, you know. I told him that, you know, we were a pastor and everything and we were praying. He goes, hey, whenever you pray, remember Alvin in your prayers. I'm like, hey, amen. That's a condition that people are in. You see, in this series, I told you that Jesus looked at the people and he saw them like sheep without shepherds. He saw them confused, bogged down, going through so many things, through so many issues. So a lot of times, the only thing that we could do, guys, and it sounds like a last resort, but it's actually very powerful, the only thing we could do is pray. Can you say with me, pray? Sometimes the only thing that we could do is pray. Now, I'm going to tell you something this morning. Prayer has power. Prayer is effective. I'm here because of prayer, and a lot of you guys know that. Some of the people on the pastoral team, when we were away in the mountains this year, got to meet my Aunt Nook. And my Aunt Nook is an amazing lady of God. She's been serving God for over 60 years. And she presented the gospel to me when I was about 8 years old. I was going to private school and she spoke to me about Jesus. And I already had heard about Jesus at school. But at 18, when this became a reality in my life... I started going to church and I really saw God doing a change in my heart. I called my Aunt Nook and I told her, Aunt Nook, guess what? I'm going to church. I'm serving God. I made Jesus my Lord and my Savior. He's doing something amazing in my life. My Aunt Nook's told me, Chris, it hasn't been one day since the day that I preached to you about Jesus that I have not stopped praying for you. Not one day that I have stopped praying for you. And I told her, well, Aunt Nook, 10 years later, here's the fruit of your prayer. Now, I'm here to tell you something. Don't quit praying. Don't quit praying. Even if you don't see the results right away, continue praying. If you're praying for a loved one, continue praying, because you never know when that moment comes. You never know when that moment where, you know what, something happens, and that's what we're going to talk about this morning. How do I pray for those that still don't have a personal relationship with God through Jesus? The people that I love, people that I, I want them to enjoy what I'm enjoying. How do, I, how do I pray for those people? So the title of my message today is Fight for Them. Fight for them. We got to fight for those people. But the Bible says, all right, that our fight is a different fight. Okay, I'm not going to get, you know, boxing gloves, you know, like Floyd Mayweather and get in a boxing ring. You see, because the Bible says that our fight is a spiritual fight. You see, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, if you guys could go with me there. Ephesians 6, verse 12, it says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the the world forces of darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. All that kind of stuff is kind of scary. (laughs) But what this is saying is that we're not fighting with people okay and we're not arguing for people and saying, no it's that you got to come to church if not this is going to happen and that's going to happen and you're going to be condemned and all that no 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 this is a spiritual fight this is a spiritual battle that we're in and some of us have been in that spiritual battle for some time and some of us have won great victories and some of us have seen God come through in amazing ways. People sitting in front of me today that I know your testimonies. I know your stories. I know how f- hard and how, from f- how far you've come and what God has done in your life. And that's the same way that we got to do and pray for the people that we love, that we care for, that are not in that relationship with God that we would like to see them yet. So we fight in the Spirit, praying for those that we want them to know God. So how do we pray for them? That's what I'm going to share. Number one, write this down. Number one, we pray that the Father would draw them to Jesus. We pray that the Father would draw them to Jesus. That's number one. If we go to John chapter six, verse 44. John chapter six, verse 44. It says, for no one could come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them to me. And at the last day, I will raise them up. Jesus says that unless the Father brings them to him, they can't come. You see, a lot of us say, oh, is that I've been looking for God. If we apply this verse correctly, we haven't been looking for God. The Father has been drawing you to Jesus. The Father uses different situations. In the book of Jeremiah, it says, I have brought you, I have drawn you with cords of love. A lot of times he's using situations to reel you in, to bring you to Jesus, to let you know, hey, listen, you might be trying the best that you can, but you're broken inside. Okay? And brokenness and the decisions that have gotten you to brokenness is not going to lead you to completeness and to wholeness. Something's going to have to happen. So we pray over those people that we love. We pray that the Father would bring them to Jesus. The good situations, the bad situations, the difficult situations, that all the things that they go through, listen to this, may soften their hearts and would take them to the point that they say, man, I need somebody to help me here. When you're in a pit and you're down, there's only one way to look, but it's up. So we pray, Father, draw these people to Jesus. Number two, the second thing that we pray is to bind the spirit that blinds their minds. Write that down. We want to bind the spirit that blinds their minds. Now, this is very powerful. And if I'm going to stay on a point, it's this one here for a second. Second Corinthians 4.4. 4. Second Corinthians 4-4. We want to bind the spirit that blinds the minds of those that we love, that we care for. We're fighting for them. Second Corinthians 4-4 says, Satan, who is the God of this world. Who's the God of this world? That's hard. That's a hard scripture. Who's the God of this world? Satan, according to this. Satan, who is the God of this world, has Blinded the mind of those who don't believe. What has he done? He has blinded the mind of those that don't believe. How has he blinded their mind? Through hurt. He's blinded their mind through pain, through disappointment, through religion, through loneliness, through depression. He has blinded their minds by bogging them down with situation. And I don't know if you might know people around. But it's like if they were walking under a cloud of oppression. And we love these people. Some of these people are family members. Some of these people are neighbors. Some of these people are are co-workers. But what does it say? That the God of this world has blinded their minds. And it says, as we continue, they are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. It's not that they don't want to see. According to this, they are unable to see. They can't see. They can't see because all that they see is the problem that is right in front of them. All they see is the hurt and the pain that they have inside. All they see is the issue that they're dealing with. That is their present. That is their situation right now. That is the loudest voice in their hearts. So they're unable to see. And it says that because they're unable to see, they can't see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Jesus Christ. The pain, the situation blinds them. And you might be telling them, and they might be seeing it in your life, but they have issues. There's situations that are pressing them down. And then you talk to them about coming to church. You talk to them about the Lord. You talk to them about all these things and, and they might come across and say, you know what? Don't talk to me about, about religion. Don't talk to me about going to church. I'm going through this problem. I'm going through this issue. And the reality is religion's not going to help them through the situation they're going through. A one, two, three, fix it is not going to help them through the situation that they're going through. They got to come to a a real encounter with God. A real encounter with Jesus, like Saul of Tarsus when he fell in front of Christ, he was killing Christians. And when he had an encounter with God, when that spirit that was, you know, bogging his mind was finally lifted, he said, what do you want with me, Lord? He became the greatest apostle that there is in all of scripture. So we bind the spirit that blinds their minds and we pray that those spirits start operating, stop operating, stop operating over those people. Number three, the third thing that we pray for, write this down as we fight for them, as we fight for them, we lose the spirit of adoption, the spirit of sonship over them. We lose the spirit of adoption. Romans chapter eight, verse 15. It says, you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you have received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. And now we call him Abba, Father. You see, we lose the spirit of adoption, the spirit of sonship, the spirit of God over them. Okay, because the only way that they're going to enter the kingdom of heaven is through the Spirit. Jesus says something very amazing. Jesus says, the wind blows wherever it wishes, and you hear it, but you don't know from where it's coming or where it's going. And he goes, and so it is with those that are born of the Spirit. He goes, flesh births flesh. But those that want to enter the kingdom need to be born of water, you need to be born, and of the Spirit. So we lose the spirit of adoption over those people. We say, Holy Spirit, touch them. Holy Spirit, reach out to them. You see, there's people right now that you wish that were there here with you, people that you wish that they were in a relationship with God with you. And those people, even though they're at a distance, You could pray over them right now because there's no limit for God. There's no space. There's no time. The same God that is here with you right now is in a bedroom with that person over there. And it doesn't matter what they're doing. It doesn't matter what they did last night. David said it this way. Even if I make my bed in hell, even there you are. Where can I hide from your presence? That's crazy scripture. Theologically, that'll mess you up. They can't run away from God's Spirit. Holy Spirit, touch them. We lose the spirit of adoption. All those that are here that are praying for loved ones, all those that are here that have been praying for a friend, a family member, I have people in my family. And it seems sometimes that the more I pray for them, the far further they are from God. Has that happened to you? you praying for them, you're inviting them, and it seems like they get further away, further away. You keep praying, you don't stop. You don't stop. Holy Spirit, reach them. Number four, as we fight for them. Oh, I love this one. We pray that believers will cross their path and enter into positive relationships with them. We pray that believers will cross their path and enter into positive relationships with them. Matthew chapter 9, verse 38. We read the scripture last uh, two weeks ago. It says, So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his fields. You know what I pray over some of my family members? I'm like, Lord. I pray that they're in somebody else's field and that there's somebody else's harvest. I pray that you would put people around them at work, people around them in their neighborhoods, people around them in the apartment next door that will love you and start talking to them about you. Because the reality is sometimes you talk to some of your family members and like, I don't want to hear it. I've heard you enough. Isn't it hardest sometimes to reach those that are closest to you? Has that happened to you? You see, Jesus said, no one's a prophet in their own home. Oh, they know all your stuff, man. Don't come preaching to me that stuff. I know where you were last Saturday. You know? But I pray and I say, Lord, cross their path with somebody. Send workers out into the field that would harvest my nephew, that would harvest my niece, that would harvest my brother, my sister send workers out into the field, cross their path with people that would influence them in a right way. And I want to challenge you guys here at Numa Church today. Get around sinners. What did the pastor just say? <laughs> Get around sinners. Sometimes all the time, church people are around church people. And holy people. And like, oh, guys, I don't want to be around those people. Those people curse. Oh, you forgot the last time you cursed? In <laughs> three years, you got so holy that all of a sudden, oh, keep that away from me, Lord. Oh, you don't remember where you came from? You've been here so long already that sort of forgot street language. We need to get around some people. Because you don't know, listen to this, when that's a field that God's putting you in because he wants you to harvest those souls for eternity. And if you're around holy people all the time, you're not going to harvest them. It's a word to the wise this morning. And the last thing that we want to do, the last thing we want to pray over those that we love, those that we're fighting for, we want to loose a spirit of wisdom and revelation on them so that they may know God better. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17. Ephesians 1.17 says, And I keep asking the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, that he may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that you may know him better. Now, when I read that scripture there, I'm, I'm asking myself, why did Paul pray this specific prayer over these people? Why did he pray that God would give them a spirit of wisdom and a spirit of revelation? Very easy, guys, because we need wisdom from God to know if the things that we're doing, if the things that our friends are doing, are really filling the void. If those things are really filling the void, is it doing it for you? Is it doing it for them? The sources that we're drinking from. So we need a spirit of wisdom to see, is this going to really work out for me? Is this really going to help me? Is this going to help my friends? And then it says that we need a spirit of wisdom and revelation. We need the revelation of the one true God. And they need that revelation. Who he is. What he's promised. You see, you can't get to Jesus going back to the first point unless he is revealed. There was a moment that Peter came up with this great statement and he says, you know, Jesus asking, who do the people say that I am? And Peter says, you are the son of the living God. And Jesus turns around to Peter and says, Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but only my father, which is in heaven. We need revelation and those people need revelation. To know him better and this is how we fight for those that we love this is how we fight for those that are dear to our hearts for our friends for our neighbors for our co-workers number one you pray that the father would draw them to jesus number two you bind the spirit that blinds their minds number three you lose the spirit of adoption number four you pray that believers would cross their paths and number five we pray that the spirit of wisdom and revelation would be loosed upon them, that they would know him better. I want to ask you to close your eyes this morning. You see, God wants to use us. He wants us to reach out to those that don't know him, that are lost. That story that I shared with you at the beginning of this message, as earthly parents, we were desperate to find our daughter. And today I want to pray over you as we come to the close of this service. Father, we thank you. We honor you. We bless you. We come into this place of worship as one family. And we thank you for your word upon our lives. And today, Lord, we are learning how to pray for those that are dear to you people that don't know you yet. And I pray, Lord, that you would do a work in our hearts, in each of us that are here in this place, that we would be moved towards compassion for those that are looking for answers to some of the biggest issues in life, Lord. Those that are going through trials, tribulations, depression. Those that are going into suicide, thinking that they're going to resolve a temporal problem with a permanent decision. Father, I pray that you would use us, your church, in different places, Lord, in the community, in our workplace, Lord, when we're hanging out with our friends, my God, that we could be light in the middle of darkness, that we could bring hope, hope, You could bring hope, Lord. Lord, allow us to pray more effectively, Lord. And that our prayers can make a difference for eternity in the lives of those that we're lifting up before you, Lord. That these simple tools that we're learning today could help make a difference, Lord. The same way that my aunt's prayer made a difference in my life, Lord. And there with your Heads bowed and eyes closed. I want to extend an invitation because I know that this morning we have people in this place that might be telling themselves, I don't know if I know God the way that you've been talking about, Pastor, in an intimate way, in a in a deep way. I don't know if He's filling all these areas of my heart. And maybe you've been searching. And maybe you've been filling your soul with many things, but at the end of the day, you still feel empty. There might be pain and hurt that has blinded you to a greater truth. You see, that void can only be filled in a relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ. And today, this morning, if you invite Jesus into your heart, The Bible says that your sins will be forgiven and you become a son or daughter of God today and you start living for a greater purpose. You receive the gift of eternal life, the Bible says, and you'll be sealed with the precious Holy Spirit of God. And I'm here to tell you, whoever you are, there's not a better way to leave this place this morning. There's not a better way to start out this week than to know that you're a son you're a daughter of God and there's a miracle going on inside of you so I want to invite you that if you believe that I'm talking to you and you need to make this decision you make this prayer with me and you say with me Lord Jesus today I invite you into my heart I ask you to forgive me of all my sins Today, I take the step to ask you to be my Lord and my Savior. Today, I recognize, Jesus, that you took my place on that cross to pay for my sins. And that as I make you my Lord and Savior, I become a son. I become a daughter of God. This morning, I received the gift of eternal life. And I ask you that you would give me a new hope in this life. That you give me a purpose to live for. That you would fill every void that is in my heart. Allow me to love you. Allow me to be set free. And to walk on purpose and to make a difference in this world. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.